Welcome to episode one of the Kicking About podcast. We, have uh, hey, hey, hey. we do have a name now, which is which is great. <laughs> uh, obviously, back with Nathan. We've got Ty to my right. There you go. Tim to my left. What up? And we're back this week to talk all things football again. Uh, it's just what we love to do, isn't it, guys? 100%. Here we go. Okay, so I thought we'd uh, start this week with something a little bit different. We're going to get quite in-depth in a little while. So I'm thinking, have you seen any out there... Uh, Football stories, any kind of crazy things that have happened this week in the world of football. Can be anything, matches, transfers, uh, headlines, anything at all. Have you seen anything? Well, I read supposedly that um, Barcelona was interested in Obama Yang. Um, I, I, it's been <laughs> refuted since, but at the same time, I feel like there's no fi- there's no smoke without a fire. Um, yeah. And but what's interested me is how, like, obviously they couldn't resign Messi, um, who's on. Um, very similar uh, his new con- his supposed new contract was supposed to be on very new terms very similar terms to obama yang's current contract and um yeah and obama yang clearly has way less output than messi <laughs> yeah and so why are they interested in him and so just it's just a bad organization on top of bad organization they're not even afford him because i was watching a video on uh tifa football uh, on the athletic and they actually said that the reason why they couldn't sign messi was because all Spanish clubs have to spend. Uh, they can only be able to sustain a club if their turnover is at least in the 70% yes. turn, uh, turnover. And Barcelona was already on the 90s. Yeah, and uh, with Messi, they were on 110. And without him, it's only 90%. Mm-hmm. So interesting to see uh, how that turns out. But That's only because uh, PK took a wage cut as well, didn't he? Yeah. Supposedly, I saw as well, he took a wage cut so they could sign a couple of their new players in. So. And he scored that, you know, scored a goal on the weekend. So, uh, not, not a bad one. Interesting. Ty, anything, any s- new stories that you've seen this week? Um, I'm thinking as a Chelsea fan, there should be one really obvious kind of crazy story from this week. <laughs> um, I mean, I'll let you take that one. But the one that really got to me the most is, uh, I think, the reaction that uh, Trevor Chalobah had when he, uh, in the match, uh, which we'll talk about later on. But just to see someone... I think because uh, a lot of times I think we, we forget the importance of academies and the feelings that, you know, boys have or, you know, when they finally go up into that main stage after going on loan so many times and then the feeling Especially of... Especially if you're playing for Chelsea. Oh, of course. Because, you know, if you're part best of the... Best academy in the world. You know, it's the best academy, but the chance of you playing for the actual first team are, are very low because they have very high standards uh, for good or for bad. Um, but to see his reaction to when... You know, he takes it all in was just, I think, amazing. And I think it's inspiring to all kids out there that, you know, just keep working, just keep working. This is a beautiful game, but it's only as beautiful as as hard as you work for it as well. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to tell you the one I was thinking of. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you boys saw on Sunday, Sunday afternoon, I believe it was. Uh, Chelsea had a little, a little, little friendly. Oh. You can't really call it a preseason friendly. Uh, So they started their campaign against Crystal Palace on Saturday and then they played Weymouth on Sunday friendly what was the score nathan please tell us it, it was 13 nil um it was a very uh apparently weymouth were told there'd be a couple of international players and we started with quite a few to try and get their match <laughs> fitness up um i saw apparently uh batch ui got five barkley got a hat trick oh. uh but the bit that I, <laughs> I know to be fair uh I, I, the, the bit i loved about it as well was that um Thomas Tuchel went over to Weymouth at the end, spent some time with their players, um, gave them some advice, some coaching advice. And it's just nice to see, like, football these days, you've got a big club, you've got a club, you know, something yeah. like 107 places between the two teams last year. Wow. And 
I'm sure that was a huge experience, even though the scoreline was a bit probably deflating at the time. <laughs> it's probably still a good experience for the, for their yeah. team to have that, you know, that game, that conversation with Tuchel at the end. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that was kind of my crazy moment of the week um, that I've seen this week. Um, so before any, well, just move on. Actually, I was going to say something else, but let's just move on because <laughs> this could be quite a lengthy segment. Um, obviously, opening weekend of the Premier League just gone. Came back. Quite a few goals, several goals. I think it was the second most goals on an opening weekend in history. Second most, wow. Second most. I think it, I can't remember what it was. 31, 34 is the most. It was a lot of goals. A lot yeah, of goals. Yeah, it was a lot of goals, yeah. Um, so I thought we'd get straight into it, give some analysis, give our thoughts. Um, and I'm going to start with it. I can see Ty smiling already. <laughs> he knows where I'm going to start. Uh, Friday night, opening game of the Premier League, Brentford v Arsenal. Obviously, Brentford ended up winning 2-0. Oh, my goodness. Um, come on, guys. What are your thoughts? In all honesty, I'm not surprised. Um, I think in the in the in the prelude before the match, I even I even mentioned it that I don't think Arsenal are going to be able to um, beat Brentford. Uh, the main reason why is when you watch when you watch the game when you watch the game, the problem with Arsenal is not just to do with their defense. I think it's just the players they play in each position just don't feel comfortable being in those positions. I look top to bottom; they are playing Balogun. As a striker, yeah, but do you do you not do you think that if Lacazette and Aubameyang would be in that team playing on the day if they weren't ruled out ill, do you think the scoreline would be any different? But look at that defense. I don't think the scoreline would be if it, if the only difference would be maybe a goal to maybe it would have been two one, three two, maybe they would have nicked a draw. But you look at that Arsenal team, and I just look at every player in that pitch. Ben White used to playing in a back three. And somehow, playing in a back four, his weaknesses in the air was caught out. And you look at the midfield, Shaka never produces enough for Arsenal. He's almost like the reverse Paul Pogba for, <laughs> for Arsenal. He just never delivers. And the unfortunate thing is, Arsenal's defense continued on from last year. Now, people always say it's the first game of the season. But how many first games of the seasons can you let a team get away with until you start calling out what it really is, which is Arsenal are continuing to slip slowly but surely. And pretty sooner rather than later, we might end up in a position where Arsenal are, we can no longer put them up there uh, with the big boys. And it's not worrying for me, of course, as a Chelsea fan, um, but I think for Arsenal supporters, I would be worried. I think changes need to be made, and I don't think Arteta is the right man. And being beaten by Brentford, an attacking team, that defence needed to be sorted out. I, I think that was a good test for um, Arsenal. Obviously, they came, Brentford came with intent. Yeah. Uh, and I, I listened to the coach speak about... Um, after the game, I, I re- revisited you know, the coach talking about their mentality going into the game. And um, they're not here to play around. Mm. But also, like I didn't watch the game because I was playing actual football. Um, <laughs> Sorry, but, uh, a little messy. <laughs> you know, um, so um, you know, I can't say too much as to how you know they've played throughout the game. But it just it feels like they they really haven't had a new start. Like a new season is a, it's a it's a good place to have a new mm. start. But it just seems like they're carrying over the same mentality as before. And you know, who, who Michael uh, Mikel Teta might be a great coach, but I just don't feel like he is in this current setting. Um, he doesn't challenge the player to do better. Um, and I feel like that's very... Or, or 
all the players are just too settled in their ways. Given in preseason, like you're mentioning before about the new start, they just didn't have great results. They lost to was it Rangers? They lost to, or they drew with Rangers. Yeah, Rangers. And then they also lost to you know us. Um, they just weren't they weren't performing well throughout preseason, and it's just continued from, you know, what Arsenal, you know, are fortunately missing out on, which is they had a good defense last year, third best defense in the se- of, of the season. But again, something's not right. I'm going yeah. to jump in quickly because I think I watched the game and I feel Arsenal were very unlucky. Very unlucky. Very unlucky. Um, I think they showed uh, they had chances. They showed class. I think Smith Rowe, Tierney were by far standout players for chances, them. Chances or would you say they were about to create chances? Because those are two different things. Play, playing the ball advance into the last third of the pitch, great. But a chance is when you put the ball into the box and the striker misses. Or maybe there's a last-ditch tackle from a defender. I looked at that game, and at no point did I think Brentford had anything to fear. At no point did I feel like Brentford were going to be like, oh, no, Arsenal are attacking our box. We now need to change Pe- our tactics. I think Pepe had a couple of chances. Though. Pepe had a couple of chances. Balakan had a couple of chances. And I look at it in the sense of unlucky that last season would either of Brentford's goals have stood. Because VAR, oh, VAR would have intervened, right? You can't play that way. No, no, no. no. I, I know, but the new season, new rules. Yeah. Were they a bit unlucky in the fact that, you know, last season would VAR have checked more in depth if the ball would have gone out of play for the first? Mm. Um, for the second, would VAR have pulled up? Was it Pontus Janssen for the foul on Leno, yeah, holding yeah, Leno? Yeah. Would that have been pulled up? Um, yeah. It's tough because, obviously, first game of the season, you've got new rules. Brentford by far deserved it because... They were playing without any fear. They're yeah. a, a promoted club, haven't played in the Premier League for 74 years. Wow. They're going to play without fear. They've got nothing mm. to lose except for attack Arsenal and press them and make them make mistakes. And they did that, and it worked. I don't know if you saw the goal, uh, Tim, but did you see the second goal uh, with the throw-in? The one they conceded? Oh, yeah. Like, I, I don't know how you can explain that to me. You, you tell me how such a defense can be so poor at the back and let something like that, something that's like you expect when we play, right? In the you know when we play like a like a match, that's what you'd expect us to be like. Oh no! But you know, you expect right a team like Arsenal FC, the biggest cl- one of the biggest clubs in the in the two thousands, and you see them concede a goal like that. That should be like Newcastle or something like that. I just <sighs> okay. Yeah, I think you know. Arsenal's going to Arsenal. Arsenal's going to Arsenal. <laughs> my, my favourite part, I think, we should move on to this game. My favourite part was seeing all the Arsenal fans posting just before the game. <laughs> New season, let's go! And then two hours later, oh, here and we go AFTV again. afterwards. Yeah. Got to love a bit of Arsenal fan TV. Of course, every time. Uh, okay, so we'll, we'll we'll look at the, obviously, their game going up this weekend after. We've gone through all the games from last weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess there's only one place to go next. That's the lunchtime kickoff. Tim's got the shout on. Uh, Man United against Leeds. Tim, I'll come to you first. Game, I'll, come to, I'll come to you first, Tim. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts? Nothing like, really how, how do you feel after the game? I think a lot of people have talked about it, this already, but I was waiting all week for the club to announce uh, Varane. And whoever made the decision, maybe it was Oli, maybe it was someone else, but whoever decided to bring on Varane just before the game, mm. um, that must have been so overwhelming for everyone, like for the people there, for mm. Varane, right? He's 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 never lived in England, and you know um, the weather in Manchester is probably not the same as the weather in Madrid, um, oh. and he's got all that stuff to think about. Yeah. But he's 
walked into because when you play for Madrid, every single mistake you make, the the mud. But the Madrid fans will, will, will let you know. The media yeah, as well, The man. Spanish media, and, and this uh, is brutal. Yeah. <laughs> if not worse. So, so for him to walk out to this thunderous welcome, yeah, and then that would pump the crowd up, obviously, yeah. and that would pump him up, getting him excited about playing for Man United. Mm. That, I just thought, was a master, master stroke. Whoever planned that, um, I, I heard it was Oli, but yeah, that, that, that for me was the most, like, I feel like we're starting the season with intent. Um, in terms of the game, you know, I was I was watching. Um, I'm sure all eyes was on Pogba with everything that's happened over the summer, and he looked like he's enjoying himself. Maybe he's just there to like drive up his price, um, <laughs> or you know, Riola's telling him go play a game and then we can ask for more money. Who knows? But I think it's good to see him enjoying playing anyway. Mm, yeah. Um, and didn't he like the week before, the day before, said um, he enjoys. He posted on Instagram something about enjoy enjoying his work. Yeah. Or um, I guess my question, uh, I wasn't going to say this, I guess my question for you as a United fan was just going to be, do you keep Pogba now as an attacking midfielder? Because obviously he played on that left of the front three, yeah. I believe. Do you keep him there or do you try and drop him back into that defensive role? He seems to have played quite a lot over his time at United. I mean, more yeah. recently he's been utilised as that attacking player. Like, where is your ideal position for Paul Pogba to play? It's interesting that I, I wasn't sure how to play him as a left wing because I saw when I um, when the game started, I saw that was the the, the the formation that we've decided to go with. But with, you know, with Rashford being out, with um, not sure how Cavani's doing, I think we have some... I don't know. I don't have the answer for it. Like, this is a very casual answer. Yeah. I know I'm the casual of you here. But um, I feel like we have time to explore it. Um, and we've got enough midfield depth yeah. to not have him there for a while and figure out what's going on. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I think um, we'll see. We'll see. Go on, Ty, any thoughts on the game? I think Man United were fantastic. Absolutely. I think it was one of those games where I didn't get to see the match and most of the matches uh, live because uh, of work, but um, I saw their performance and top to bottom, it just looked like... You know, watching that match is the reason why fans make a game that much better. You can tell that when Bruno Fernandes scored all those three goals, it meant something more. And the crowd were behind them. There was no way that Leeds were going to ever overcome, you know, Manchester, you know, what's the name of the stadium? Old Trafford. <laughs> Old Trafford. Trafford. <laughs> the best stadium in the world. The theatre of dreams. Well, I don't know. Over the last 10 years, it's been it, like it, it's so weird because. Rain, I was so used to remembering the names because we, you know, they were so important with the fans. But without the fans, I kind of forgotten some of the names of the stadiums. But Old Trafford, booming to that, uh, you know, in the stadium and hearing the crowd cheering for every single player, players like Pogba who had last season mediocre starts, players like Fred who most people believe should have been out the club. But seeing all those players perform at such a high level, I think the crowd really helped them out. But it also shows that maybe they're learning from last year. And I agree with you. I think Pogba does seem like he's enjoying himself. Will you need a new striker? Uh, so far, doesn't seem like you do. But I'm curious as to see, you know, do any of you think Man United do need, still need a striker? Even though you have Cavani. I think he's quarantining. I can't remember. But it could be he is. But I'm curious. Do you guys think they need him? I don't think it's the most important no, position at the moment. Um, what I did find really cool was uh, watching the game was seeing um, that little tackle that Dan James put in on, to cover the counter. Yeah. That was really cool. I thought maybe we'll put him a CDM. <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, 
And um, every time Pogba go, uh, uh, Bruno scored, he pointed at the person who assist- assisted. Really? Which is really funny because Dan James is the first person to run to him and he just got blanked the whole time. <laughs> um, but, um, poor Dan. Yeah, poor Dan yeah. James. But uh, yeah, he was just clearly like trying to like tell Pogba yet, you know, he's got a place in the team and that Lindelof um, ping up oh, like 50 yards beautiful. up. Beautiful. That was, how good was that? Like, do we even I mean, he's run? no Jorginho, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, th- that those kind of things, when you see that all together, show that Man United can can win the league they can do it it's the consistency hey? okay uh, just before we move on because I don't want to spend too much time on each game uh, one word on Leeds obviously Stuart Dallas scored a cracker mm. uh, do you think Leeds are in trouble this season do you think Leeds peaked last season do you think they'll be mid-table again Leeds are Leeds let them do what they do they make the you know the league exciting they don't need to do more than I think people are setting too many expectations for teams you don't want every team to be the same you know you don't want every team to be having five at the back counter-attacking, blah, 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 blah. Leeds do what they do best. Same with Brentford. I mean, they're probably going to concede a lot of goals this season again. But it's nice to watch when you're not a Leeds supporter. As a neutral, it's always fantastic to watch their games. It's only one game, but I wonder if the league has got Bielsa figured out. I wonder. Yeah, potential, potential. Okay, uh, we'll move on to the evening game next. We'll go through kind of the, the big title contenders for this season, mm-hmm. um, I guess, first. Uh, Norwich-Liverpool. Liverpool won 3-0. Um, obviously Salah looked back on form I mean I don't know if you can say that against Norwich you know we're all from the area Yeah, Norwich are a good team at times but then they do have poor performances um, it's Liverpool as well they're never good against Liverpool never I know never good but I don't know I look at this game and try and be as neutral as possible uh, the first goal was a bit of luck Salah's poor control fell to Yotta. Uh second goal deflected off Hanley it was a mm. ball back across for Firmino I believe and the third was just poor zonal defending from a corner. Um, on a different day, do you think Liverpool would have won that game? Yeah. Uh, Norwich just didn't do enough for me. Um, they didn't create, I think, enough chances. And uh, I can't tell if it's to that transition, but I just don't think they gave as much as Brentford gave against Arsenal. But again, the opposition was Liverpool. Their defence was back in shape. They have nearly every player available. It's really hard to beat something like that and you, as your first game of the season. Nothing to worry about yet, uh, but I do think that it was a tough, tough, tough call to ask for Norwich to get anything besides a draw, let alone try to win the match. I mean, Norwich had chances, though. Like I look back on it now and there was a chance, I think, early in the first half yeah. or second half where Puki could have squared to Rashica, took the shot on himself. Um, Goldmouth scramble at the end you know if, if both yeah. those go in it's 3-2 with 5 minutes to go nerves hit you right I mean even if you're Liverpool yeah. you get a bit yeah. shaky but I think that's the, that's what Norwich really needs to do especially against bigger teams is that yeah. the chance is going to come hard uh, and they need to take it um, and and if you look at last time around we were in the Premier League we just didn't take those chances we, yeah. and, and you know we, we have I feel like we have a fuller squad this year yeah. um, so who knows but I think if Norwich walks away from the first four fixture with four points. They'll be really happy with it. Um, I think y- even one or two. Yeah. Yeah, that, that run yeah. of what? Liverpool, City, the Leicester, the Arsenal. The problem with with that is that I think you, when you start the season like that way, it sort of hits you later down the season. Yeah. Psychologically. Mm. Um, so uh, uh, yeah, for their sake, I hope they get at least one win out of the first four. Yeah. Preferably against Arsenal. Arsenal. <laughs> It's probably the easiest game on the list, though, isn't it? Um, 
Do we think Trent Alexander-Arnold is now back at his best, yes or no? Too early to call. Uh, I just think uh, in terms of the England squad, I look at the other two options, Shaw, Chilwell. They're not dropping performances. Chilwell hasn't played yet. But I mean, they are left-backs. Yeah, they are left-backs. <laughs> Trent is a right-back. Right Sorry, my mistake. I think. I, think I mean, James and uh, what's his name, Walker. I still, I still think they're still James better Walker. than Walker. You've got Trippier in there as well. Wambasaka yeah. coming through again. Trent will really do well. Well, probably is this is the best game for it to to ease into like regular football because hmm. I think it doesn't expose his defense. I, I yeah, personally yeah. think he's defensively quite weak. Uh, when you look at teams that that puts up higher pressure on a higher line, yeah, Trent um, tend to um, suffer a little bit. So this is a good game for him to come back in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's too early to call. We'll see if you know he's improved part of the game that sort of he's still really young. So um, at the end of the day, like this, I don't think it's the end of the world if yeah, he's, he's not. Got years. Yeah, but he needs to improve defensively, and we'll yeah. see the season. Yeah. Especially with fans in the stadiums. Okay. Uh, moving on, Chelsea Crystal Palace, uh, big game. I know Ty. I want to talk about this one. Uh, obviously, finished Chelsea three, Crystal Palace nil. Yeah. yeah. Ty, give us your thoughts. I was very happy with the team. I think scoring three goals is very important because the differences between, I think, Man City and the rest of the league last season was City had goals everywhere from across the field. Defenders, strikers, midfielders, wingers, everyone was on their A game. And I think for us, we struggled a lot with goals. And by starting off the season by having a defender and because uh, it was uh, and, and Pulisic scored as well, I think it was just nice to see that because it means that the team does have goals in them. Um, Marcus Alonso as well, continuing to prove why he should not be sold over and over again. I don't know. I don't know. He, he's always a hit and miss for me. Like he is a world-class set-piece taker. We, yeah. He showed that again against Palace. But his tracking back is sometimes just so bad. I, th- I think you have to... I think it depends per, per match. I think when you see the way that... Um, Tuchel played him in this match, it set it up quite well because the way Crystal Palace played allowed him to have space in behind. How many chances did he have that game? You would almost think he was a striker if you're someone who you know, was looking at the Chelsea team. And that's why I like about I wouldn't use him throughout the whole season, definitely not. But for those occasions when you need someone of that variety, I think we're going to lose Emerson and having him there is great. I am very excited to see what the team will look like now when we have Lukaku because I think our team is great, but we are still missing, you know, some of those goals were, when they went in, you're like, okay, the circumstances were lucky. Pulisic, his goal, Chalaba. Chalaba's were a rocket. Beautiful. I mean, very proud for him. Um, But again, you know, all of those chances, um, I wonder if we're playing a team like Man City, you know, are we going to get the same amount of space and time to, to do that? And those chances, we need someone to convert them straight away. Spoiler, probably. Probably. I mean, it's Pep Guardiola, so... A <laughs> couple of facts on that game as well. Uh, Alonso's free kick was the 50th free kick Chelsea has scored in the Premier League. Um, Pulisic obviously scored again. It was his fifth goal in five against Palace. He loves Ooh. a goal against Palace. Yes, please. Um, my only concern coming from a Chelsea point of view... Um, was that I felt at times Mendy looked a bit shaky. I mean, probably lack of games. Um, yeah. Struggled with a couple of couple of kind of claims and saves that he should have made very easily. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, I felt it was all positive. Uh, Palace, quickly touch on them. 
don't know. I, I'm really struggling with Palace. I feel like they might be in a bit of trouble this season. Obviously, they fielded, what, four youth players on the bench. Yeah. Um, their squad depth just isn't there at the moment. They need some more signings. Vieira stepping into a kind of a, a, a big role Yeah. Um, this time around. I think the danger with Crystal Palace is they might, they don't, at the moment, obviously, it's just one game in. They might not have an identity. Like, there's no clear way that they yeah. play. And um, and I feel like a lot of the teams that that have been mediocre in the past but stayed on when they decide to change a new put a new direction on for whatever reason a coach retiring, getting fired, or yeah. they bought things a new direction is is coming. If that new direction is not implemented properly, yeah, you lose an aden- identity, and without an identity, um, yeah, the team has no direction. But we're asking a lot of Crystal Palace, similar to Norwich, to win their first game so early, especially with the new manager. I think uh, maybe in the next six games, we'll have this discussion again and see, similar to what you're saying, Tim. But I'm not too worried about Crystal Palace yet. Yet. Cool. Perfect. Uh, this is the last game I want to go in kind of a little bit of analysis about. Uh, the rest we'll do quite quickly and just yeah. run over them. Uh, Tottenham Man City, obviously from Sunday. Hmm. Uh, Tottenham won Man City nil. Bit of a shock for me. Um, did not see Tottenham winning it. Saw them potentially drawing it. Yeah. Um, but again, is this a sign of Tottenham not needing Harry Kane? Is this just Man City coming back from pre-season? They're missing a few first-team players. Like, wh- what side of the coin is this? Is this Tottenham playing really well and Man City playing really bad? I think part of it is Man City is trying to put... I feel like it's just too much for Grealish. Uh, part of it is, um, yeah, that's that there is hmm. a new signing who, in my in my mind, Grealish is, is unproven. Yeah, and when you put him on that way, playing against a team who, while you know, is the bottom of many jokes, <laughs> um, it's a a team that knows each other very well. Mm. It's a team that looks like they've got good spirits at the moment. Good manager um, now. Yeah, good manager. A manager who who thrives on being um, what's the word underestimated. Yeah. Um, He's beaten you know uh, Pep Guardiola a couple of times, uh, Nuno, and he's his his team selection as well proved that with the way they set up. It's cracking it, and the way he promoted. You know, we've seen Tanganga around for you know a good. Yeah. Season oh, two, season now, he was insane. Oliver Skip just fitted into that midfield. Felt like a new player, didn't he? It was it was great seeing some like really good, mm. promising Tottenham youngsters get into that first in lineup. Because yeah, Tanganga had a cracking match, kept players quiet. I mean, he made that kind of heavy tackle within the first minute, yeah. didn't he, at the start of the game? Skip, I felt Skip had a great game. Hoiberg as well. Hoiberg played well next to him, kind of gave him that leadership and guidance yeah. at times, but. I don't know. Well, a question on Man City's uh, performance. Uh, I think, you know, should we worry for Man City, given that it seems Harry Kane may not join Man City, given that, you know, ha- you know, I mean, Tottenham have all the cards in their hands. Do we think that Man City should look elsewhere? or And if they don't find another striker, should Man City supporters be worried? Or should anyone be worried really about Man City? I don't think so. Like I think I saw some people on Twitter after the game complaining about the the back four for Man City. You know, maybe Mendy looked a bit out of depth at times. He they didn't have his Aki best day. Well, right? Aki was at the back. Mm-hmm. But then again, you have to ask yourself like that's two defenders who what eighty ninety million pounds. 
Yeah. Just for them two defenders. But they didn't play. It's crazy. But Ake didn't play that many games last season. No, he's only featured in pre. I mean, he's what he stepped in for Stones at the moment. Zinchenko obviously was one that missed out for yeah. Mendy to play. Should he have played Stones straight away? I mean, this is Tottenham. This was like on the bench. Rodri not in the squad. Should they be worried? I mean, the defense is fine. I mean, Man City's defense is not really their problem. I, I that don't think. Option, right? I don't think they need to worry just yet. Obviously, again, it's all first game. But yeah, I think. Man City, again, might be suffering from an identity crisis at the moment, um, especially if uh, Harry Kane isn't joined. Hmm. Um, because because of even if that's not Guardiola's intention, because of the price tag on him, it becomes a Jack Grealish t- team. Yeah. Um, and all the spotlight and pressure is going to be on him. Um, and I feel like there's a that's that there is there will be. It will affect team chemistry. It will affect the way, you know, uh, uh, the, the way the team plays. But if they don't get a striker, do you not feel like they might be similar to what we were talking about with, I can't remember which team it was, being found out? What leads? Leads. Do you not think if they play the exact same way without a striker like they did last year, do you not think that eventually teams would just be like, this is a team without a striker. We saw how they played last season. We know how they can play this season. I don't know. I think uh, things might be different again once we see De Bruyne come back. Okay. Um, De Bruyne played in that false night role before yeah. to good effect. He's got a ton of goal last season and the season before with you know a high amount of assists, obviously, mm. with Aguero on. Um, but yeah, I, I, th- I don't think it's a panic button yet, but there's a real danger where, which is really silly to say when that is the most expensive squad in, in the <laughs> Premier League, <laughs> yeah. but they might also be going, they might, if, um, with the way it's going, eventually go through an identity crisis. Rumours they're putting in the £150 million bid for Kane as well, isn't there? Uh, just touch on as well, um, obviously Nuno said tonight, I believe Tottenham played tomorrow. Um, God, they I can't remember the date today. 18th. I believe they play in the Europa Conference League qualifiers, is it? <laughs> um, so Nuno said today, uh, Kane is feeling better. His fitness is getting better and better every day. He will join the group on Friday. Then we will make the decision for the Wolves match on Saturday. Oof. So it could be, looks, could be, I mean, he's keeping the door closed slightly. We don't know whether it's this is Kane happen. still getting fitness. This mm. is Kane going on his way to Man City. But yeah, that's a little bit of an update there on Kane as well. Uh, let's go quickly on to the other few games that we haven't touched on. Watford, three, Villa two. Um, cracking game. Fun game. Quite a few goals. Mm. Nothing to worry about with Villa yet, I don't feel like. Just a very good Watford team they played on the first day. They had good signs, Liran Bailey. Uh, as soon as he came on, made an impact. One of the signings that we mentioned before would be one to watch. And they don't have Ollie Watkins. He was injured, so uh, they didn't have their best team in there. You know, A worry for me more for Aston Villa is they've lost two major back staff in their team. So John Terry, assistant coach, and I forgot the other chap. Um, Don't look at me right now. I, sorry. I couldn't tell you Aston Villa's backroom staff. But um, so pretty much the people that Dean Smith went to for you know his team selection and everything else, they've all left maybe pursue managerial careers. So that's definitely going to, aff- that might affect Aston Villa uh, in the short term until those changes are sorted. But for any Aston Villa fan, I think you shouldn't be worried. Last year, you did have a good you know, peak, but uh, I think they're still transitioning from post-Jag and We don't know what that looks like yet, so all a matter of waiting, really. Okay. Um, 
oh, I can't remember the results from some of these. Hold on, bear with me two seconds. Uh, Everton Southampton. I believe Everton came back, didn't they? Yeah, three one. Three one, right? They they really came back after the uh, the first half because they were pinned back a lot by Southampton, and Southampton really were sh- kind of almost continuing their form from last season. But after the turn of the half, it just seemed as though Everton switched on a gear. And I'm not sure whether it's just, you know, Everton being Everton. At one point, they're top of the league uh, last season. season. For six weeks. Yeah, for like, you know, until like November time. And the question was being asked, title contenders. Uh, But Everton is such an odd team. You can never judge them initially. I I don't know how it looks like, but Richarlison still looks in form even after the Olympic Games. I think from my point of view as well, obviously, you can't be too hard on Southampton. You know, they've lost mm. what, Bertrand and Vestergaard to Leicester now. Like, kind of backroom staff in their defence. And their striker, Ings. Danny Ings, yeah. Yeah, lost Ings as well up front. Um, yeah. They didn't play Bednarek and Walker-Peters, which were their other two kind of mainstays in that back four last year. So it was yeah. kind of a completely new look back four at times. Livermento yeah. came in. Salisu was back at the back. Um, I wouldn't say there's anything to worry about, but again, Southampton... I feel like they need something else. They yeah, need more. I mean, it was a tough ask as well. Like Southampton, I mean, the gap is not as big between the two teams, but it's still a tough ask when you have players like Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin in the team for Everton, and you have already so many injuries for Southampton uh, to deal with. I just don't think they could have overcome so- something like that. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip over a couple now. Obviously, we had Burnley one, Brighton two, um, Leicester one, Wolves nil. Um, good comeback by Brighton by, as well good, good, very good comeback two super subs made the difference there as well great changes yeah. by Graham Potter um, I think the last game left is the Newcastle West Ham game Newcastle 2 West Ham Ooh, 4 yeah. cracking game end to end lots of you know, superb moments uh, yeah. get a little bit of reaction on this one just quickly St Maximan I think he shows again why he's such a key player in that Newcastle team right yeah, yeah. superb pivotal um, I, I didn't watch the game I watched the highlights and the way he sucks defence uh, like creates space for others yeah um, yeah the, Newcastle from what I see will live and die by him 100% 100% I think Jacob Murphy had a good game for Newcastle as well hasn't really shown too much over the no. last season but cracking game for him as well but they still lost do you think their defence is not up to snuff I think it's Newcastle you just never know what to expect with them. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. they'll give you entertaining football. Sometimes, you know, they'll get walked over. And also, yeah. don't forget, this is a really good West Ham team minus oh, yeah. Jesse Lingard. Yeah. Um, last year, they, especially in the second half of the season, they were on a roll. What's they their ceiling this season, would you say, Tim? Do you think they can go higher than they did last year? Or do you think that they should set expectations kind of I think their lower? rise will be... Uh, <laughs> I, I can't believe I'm saying this because I'm guessing this will probably be the same for everyone else but their rise will depend on other people's you know a failures yeah because um their expectations i don't think is that high for them mm. um last year was a good year for them um but uh you know, uh, you know. a lot of pressure on ben rama as well this year to step yeah. up into that rolling guard mm. had at the end of last year yeah but he looked good he looked very good against newcastle but i think yeah it really depends on whether or not leicester can ma- maintains that sort of good like top four challenge yeah outside of the top four clubs um, whether or not someone from the top four drops out because mm. um, I think they do have a ceiling and their ceiling is on the ceiling is just above some of these big teams floor yeah and so it really depends on whether or not these big teams hit 
their stride as well. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So that's all the games done from last weekend. Uh, we did this segment in the. I'm going to call it the test test episode we did yeah. now. Um, where I gave you a list of transfers. You guys gave me just a, a, a quick feedback. Who you think's the best one? Um, obviously, since we've done that episode, there's been a fair few transfers come in and go out. Uh, so I'm going to recap a couple quickly. Um, obviously, Chelsea have probably had the most action. Um, Lukaku coming in. Abraham going out. Batshuayi literally going out just today on loan to uh, Besiktas. Yeah. Uh, Leicester have had Vestergaard come in. Obviously, a big loss for Southampton, as we mentioned before. Varane, who has been announced about four or five times, I swear, this transfer <laughs> window, uh, in for United. Worst kept secret. Uh, Joe Willock back for Newcastle, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, Southampton, Adam Armstrong and Armando Broja uh, from Chelsea, two promising strikers, I, I want to say. Uh, Danny Ings in at Villa, uh, obviously, who also signed Twan Zerbe on loan from mm. United as well. Um, yeah, couple of couple of big transfer left teams. I, I've written down here as well, just because we're from Norwich. Zolis and Josh Sargent as well, mm. going in for Norwich. Uh, any transfers there you think can make a big difference to the team they're in? Obviously, I know you're going to say Lukaku tie for kids. Of course. Um, I think I, I look at Leicester because uh, I think they were just you know a point away, a two points away from a Champions League spot last season, and I wonder for themselves whether they still need to do more in the transfer market. You know, Tottenham look really good. And if they're aiming for, you know, European spots, what, you know, is, um, you say Vestergaard, right? From Vestergaard, yeah. And, and Bertrand, obviously, they stole earlier on in the season as well. Exactly. Free. Are they the experience they need? Maybe as we get to that semi-midway point during December time when, you know, the tide really starts to turn. Very curious of that. But, of course, Lukaku is a big one. Got to bear in mind as well, just quickly, on, on Vestergaard and Bertrand. They were both a part of the Southampton defence that lost 9-0 to Leicester. <laughs> yeah. And then Leicester go out and signed two defenders <laughs> from that team. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. That's football, right? Maybe someone has a great sense of humour in, uh, <laughs> you know, in, in their team. <laughs> it's crazy. Go on, Tim. Any, any of the signings there? I. It's not so much... This a comment on this transfer window, but I've had this sneaking worry now uh, for Leicester. How are they going to replace Vardy eventually? Because he's yeah. 34. Um, and I'm guessing you know, Ian Nacho is the, the, you know, the, his understudy. Yeah. But um, yeah, I haven't seen any other prolific scorer for, for... Like, you know, you look at Tottenham, you know, if Kane goes, then Son could carry a role. Yeah, and then some of the other goals can be shared by other players, you know. Um, and it, yeah, you, if you look at you look at Man United, you know, I can only comment on my own team, you know. Um, uh, Martial, you can see the spread. Yeah, Martial and Rashford gone, but we have Sancho and we have Bruno and Greenwood as uh, well. And Greenwood, yeah, yeah. So um, you know, if if you know if you, you guys had kept uh, Tammy Abraham, he would be a good, reliable second scorer. But yeah. like with Leicester. My worry is um, either what, what if his athleticism? Because Jamie Vardy is a very quick, quick-feeted, quick-feeted, quick-footed, um, like very fast um, uh, striker. But what if you know his just goes? Do you not think Dakar is the answer for that? Obviously, they've just bought him in this summer as what looks to be you know a third-choice striker. You hope so. But this is for the Champions League. We list the names of teams. I don't know. Chelsea, Man United, Liverpool, and uh, Man City. Can that team, those striking options, do enough to push them 
those extra points above, given that those other teams as well have Obviously, strengthened. Like not every club can be like Man City and you know just oh, offer of 150 not, yeah. mil or like be PSG and sign three <laughs> world class forwards. But <laughs> crazy, you, you kind of have to think. You know, uh, I suppose depends what's, what they're aiming what's for. Right? next steps. Yeah, if yeah. they're aiming for because they end the Europa League this year, if they win it, that's another door for them to go into the Champions League. But if they're aiming to definitely be in the top four, uh, we'll see what those signings do. But I think, of course, Lukaku is the best, as uh, the biggest signing, because I think he has the biggest impact in terms of how this top four turns out. Because his output of goals will really change whether Chelsea can be a title contender or not. Mm. We can hope. We can anyway, hope. that was my non-answer answer. <laughs> I love it. We love some good non-answer answers. Right. Uh, let's. We're going to get close to wrapping it up now um, for this episode. Uh, I'm going to end on obviously some quick fire predictions. No discussion. I just want just want your scores basically for this weekend's round of fixtures. Uh, so this weekend starts on Saturday. Lunchtime game is Liverpool against Burnley. Uh, tie. Two one. Tim. Three one. Three one. Yeah. I'm, I was going to go three nil. I, I, I don't know if Burnley will score. Uh, Aston Villa, Newcastle. 2-2. Two, 4-4, two. Four, four, come on, let's go. Let's hope. <laughs> let's hope. I think it's going to be like a really boring 1-0 or something. Aston Villa, 1-0. <laughs> like uh, and that is obviously a 3 o'clock game on Saturday. Uh, continue with 3 o'clock game on Saturday. Crystal Palace against Brentford. This is going to be a key one to kind of know where both Ooh. teams are at. Mm. I, I think Brentford are going to make it 2-0. 0-0. Uh, no, no. I'm going 1-1. Uh, Leeds Everton Everton 3-1 they're going to make again the same score 2-2 two, 2-1 two. Two, I don't know I just feel like crowds and things uh, Man City against Norwich hey Man City's on a two game <laughs> losing streak um, could, could Norwich make it three <laughs> three yeah you say that uh, you know, last time they were in the Prem it was a uh, 3-2 win. I know that was at Carrow Road. I remember Etihad. that game. I screamed my lungs out that day. It, was, it wasn't at the Etihad, but... I'm going for it. You know, Norwich, Norwich 2-1. Norwich are going to nick it. They're going to do it. 2-1. I'm going to say 3 on Man City. I'm thinking it could be more. <laughs> I'm thinking it could be a 4. <laughs> it's going to be a 2-1. 4 or 5-1. 2-1 Norwich. I'm, I'm going to go 4-1. 4-1 Man City. Uh, evening game on Saturday, Brighton against Watford. Another very good game to indicate where both teams are at. Mm, I think Watford are going to win it uh, 2-1. Yeah. Um, three run to Watford. I'm, I'm going to go 0-0. 0-0. 0-0. Interesting. Uh, and I'm not going to watch that on, Friday, on Saturday night either because of that. Um, <laughs> 2 p.m. game on Sunday, uh, Southampton against Man United. Uh, Man United uh, three 0 Three one. Two Man United. I was going to say three one. <laughs> exactly. Wait, that cool. yeah. uh, that's a twist. big prediction. Um, I'm going to go two 0 United. Uh, also, two PM on Sunday. Wolves against Tottenham. Three two. KG match, but I think I actually think Wolves are going to make it near the end. Two two. I'm going for a two-one Tottenham. Uh, I think this is the this is the this is the, this is the <laughs> big game of the weekend, isn't it? This is the game to watch this weekend. This is this is 100%. well, this is this is my one to watch pick this weekend. Yeah. Uh, Arsenal v Chelsea, interesting game. 
Six nil. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> two, two, two. I just get a signal. Four. I think it's going to be four one to Chelsea. But before I say this, Arsenal are a bogey team, and so I do not have any confidence going into this match. And they might even win it two one. So, I'm, but I'm going to stick with four one prediction. Four one Chelsea. Come on, speak into existence. <laughs> I don't know because um, they're playing at home, and you know, the, hopefully the forwards are back in the game. Don't say, I think don't say I that. Think they've been ruled out. I, 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 yeah. they? I swear they're I saw something. And Odegaard, they just signed Odegaard today, didn't they? They're he, he's not confirmed okay. yet. So I don't know if he'll be. But in it was the door here we go Sunday. by Fabrizio. So um, he'd still have to isolate. So you know, he's still oh yes. he's still out. Spain. Yeah, Spain. They don't uh, have Thomas Partey. I think this is the best time to play them. I think it's definitely going to be a 4-1. It's going to be a devastation. Lukaku's going to be in. I feel sorry for any Arsenal fan, but the only thing Arsenal fans can take in is they love playing Chelsea when they're at their worst. <laughs> <laughs> they somehow turn it over, but I think 4-1 Chelsea. Or 4-0, actually. Yeah, four, but 4-1, I think, is a fair result. Do you know what I said to someone the other day? I said, Chelsea could go, and I could lose two games all season. It would be <laughs> it home and away to Arsenal, wouldn't it? It's always a hard one. I want to have confidence um, against Lukaku. Arsenal, but I. Pulisic. Hold on, I'm just. I was just quickly gonna. Uh, this I feel up. like if any game is gonna be like a big scoring game, it probably will be this one. I, I definitely think the team we, we need to dominate Arsenal. That sounds really bad, but we just need to do what we got to do. This is the game to truly show. Get the bad the, juju out. <laughs> the bad juju out. Yes, so both Lacazette and Aubameyang are currently still doubt to the weekend. And even if they come back, right, they don't have Partey. Party set to miss. I think Gabriel's yeah. also set to miss at the back. You know what, I'll, I'll, I'll back Chelsea. I think 3-1. I think Arsenal score. Yeah. Arsenal do, do like scoring against Chelsea, so I it's think they like will score. It's going to be like a penalty or something. Watch it. But yeah, 4-1 Chelsea. I think yeah. the, only, the thing, only thing is, obviously, if we start with Lukaku against Ben White, I think it could be 6 or 7. <laughs> Eight nil. Uh, okay, final game of the weekend. Uh, let's not get too carried away. Um, it's on Monday night. It's uh, eight pm kickoff. West Ham v Leicester. I think this is another. This was close for me on being my game of the week. Yeah, very close because I think this will be a very interesting game. I actually think this could. This will be the game of the week because th- these teams are evenly matched, and I might go four three or three two. Jeez, Dice, how many goals do you think there's going to be this weekend? I just think defences at the beginning of the seasons are never this, the same. They always, everyone scores so many goals, and then it starts to get less and less as the game goes on, which is why I just think all these, my predictions are quite high. I, I, think, it's, I, think, I think West Ham are going to nick it. I think West Ham can nick it, 3-2. I think it'll be a really good draw. I'm calling it 2-2. 2-2. Um, I'm calling it 2-1 West Ham. I think home support will guide them home because, you know, they're forever blurring bubbles. Yeah. We love that. <laughs> uh, okay, that's, I mean, that's all the games for next weekend. Uh, before we close this one out, anyone have anything else they want to say? I think it's been great to have the fans back. Uh, watching games is different because the crowd reactions, you know, the cheers and everything else, the live matches just feel different. And uh, it's just nice to just see it back again, like the especially the Arsenal Brentford game. You could just see the differences it makes with teams being able to go to to the fans. The atmosphere is just amazing, and this is why we love football, right? Is it's a sport that we all play, we all love watching, and seeing it truly the way it's meant to be enjoyed is just fantastic. No, 
Um, <laughs> I just realised how quickly the international break is coming again. When soon. is it? Soon. Yeah, it's really soon. I um, know a couple of the countries have already announced their squads for fixtures. I think it starts September. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Hate so, like, treasure these two weeks of, like, um, uh, um, domestic football. Guys, we're going to have to start having to do international football podcasts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one sees up for that. Although, oh, a uh, quick thing, actually. Uh, African Cup of Nations is going to be in January. Uh, the draw was done uh, uh, recently. Last night on the 17th, it was. It so was last night, yeah. For us and, um... Hopefully, uh, my team Zimbabwe uh, can go through. We have a, uh, you know, our, our group is not too bad, but um, we're asking a lot to win it. But the Warriors—that's what—that's the name of our, of our team, uh, the Warriors. I think we can do it. But you know, favorites I think are are definitely going to be Senegal, Cameroon, and maybe even Egypt. Because uh, oh, what am I saying? Egypt, Nigeria as well are in it. Algeria, so. Morocco. They're two good teams as well. Yeah, but I'm I'm going to be a Zimbabwe fan for this. So oh, thanks, Nathan. Do we literally just name every team other than your team? <laughs> because they have way better players. The population of Nigeria is 200 million. We have 12 million. Hopefully, <laughs> that gives you a perspective. Well, on that note, <laughs> on that note, uh, thank you all for listening. Um, obviously, please come and check out our Instagram, uh, Kicking About Podcast. You can find us on there. We'll be uploading short clips, um, a few posts about ourselves every now and then as well. Um, so please come follow us on on Instagram Uh, but aside from that we will see you on the next episode catch you later enjoy the football guys see ya and girls bye